Hi everyone, this is Richie Faulkner from Elegant Weapons and Judas Priest. You're listening to Dave and Shane. There he is right there in yes. your studio, Richie. Hi guys, how you doing? That's a great shirt, man. Look at that thing. Oh, you know what, man? Yeah, I was telling Shane, <laughs> I, I said, you know, this shirt shrunk. I was trying, I was, I got it from the last tour when you guys played Philly. Uh, or no, when yeah, you played I say that in too October. All the time. Yeah, me, me yeah. shirt, my yeah. leather shrunk. Yeah, I know, it. man. Oh, it's the worst. It did. It really did. I washed it just the other day, and it shrunk. So you know, I've just been drinking coffee and water. So you know, <laughs> trying to limit the calories. <laughs> Holly <laughs> blend. Yeah, but that's right. <laughs> Hang the horns, you're listening to Rockin' Nations with Dave and Shane. Hi everybody, this is Rob Halford. The Rudy Thursday. Hi there, this is Steve Hackett. You folks are just working out a triumph and we're talking rock with Dave and Shane. Wow. Elegant Weapons is the new band Judas Priest legend with us right now. We got so many questions for you. Um, you know, since we talked to you last time, of course, you you, uh, you played the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That was awesome. Uh, you got this yeah. new project, Elegant Weapons. And Priest, I know you're working on the new music. Uh, let's just start with kind of, you know, how have you been? And, and the new stuff, the new song, Do or Die, man, it is absolutely killer. You're just firing on all cylinders, man. How, how are you doing it? I'm doing very well. Thanks for asking, guys. Yeah, it's been busy, but, you know, you never know when it's not going to be busy anymore, if you know what I mean. So, I mean, we had the pandemic and then, you know, everyone thought, you know, is this, are we going to be working anymore? And then uh, what happened to me happened. Uh, yeah. So my kind of mindset now is, you know, if you've got something to do, do it, because, like, you never know what's around the corner. So, yeah, as you said, you know, we've got the Elegant Weapons stuff done. We're doing all this, you know, talking to you guys about the record. We've done the Priest record. We've been out on the road with Priest. We've got some dates coming up with Weapons in June, July. Um, no doubt we'll have some Priest stuff coming up soon. So it's, uh, you know, it, it's busy, but it's it's who I am, man. I'm a guitar player. So it was kind of, it gets me back to who I am and normality, if you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Well, since we, we talked to you last, Richie, uh, you had your second surgery in September. How, how are you feeling? Are you feeling, feeling pretty good? I'm feeling all right, man. You know, uh, I mean, I, I was, I was feeling all right before it all happened. So I don't know, <laughs> you know, you never know. But that's my point now, but no, I appreciate you asking, man. I'm feeling okay. Yeah. Um, I went out to a show the other night. I went out to see Demon Hunter and Living Sacrifice, uh, you know, a metal show in Nashville. So ev oh, wow. everything, uh, everything feels good. You know, just living a normal life. Fortunately, you know, I mean, I got very lucky, first of all, just to, to survive what happened. But then I'm luckily lucky enough to be living a normal life. You know, we were uh, talking about how you, you were literally made of metal. I mean, you were playing that show when that that incident, that hard incident happened and you just you just kept going. I mean, was it can you take us back? I mean, not to get too much into that, but was that like just you were kind of, did you realize what was happening at the time? Was it adrenaline? You were in the moment and you were playing and then you, you realized what ha had happened after. I mean, just walk us through that, man. You hit the nail on the head, really. When something like that happens and you're in the moment, you're caught up in the adrenaline and there's, you know, 20, 30,000 people in front of you, something happens and you don't know what it is. You just, of course you carry on. Like it's, uh, there's a, there's an element of confusion I think because you're not quite sure what's going on. Um, I was, I thought I was going to faint. I thought I was going to pass out. So 
I came back from the side of the stage because I thought if I fall off the side of the stage, there's quite a drop down there, you know. So Ooh, I was aware yeah. that something was wrong. Um, and then, uh, as you said, when I came off the stage, that's when, I, you know, I was able to sort of get back into the chair. The, the paramedics came out. Uh, and it went from there and we got into the ambulance and they, you know, it went from there and they figured out what was wrong and, and then the whole thing unfolded. Um, but in the moment it's, you don't, you don't know what's going on. So you, as far as I'm aware, there's 30,000 people out there that have paid their money to be there. You're halfway through a song. Um, that's your duty to fulfill, you know, um, if I think if I'd have known what it was, I think anyone would have told me to do the same, get off and get yourself sorted out. But in the moment, you don't think like that. Yeah. Well, the Elegant elegant Weapons, man, it's a great name. How did you guys come up with the name for this this new you know, new band, first off? Well, it's, it's a reference to the poster behind your left shoulder there. I don't know. It, it's uh... a... <laughs> I love it. <laughs> It's it's yes. a reference. It's a reference. To, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I'm, I'm, a, right I'm a huge fan of the Aridstridge. There you go. So yeah, uh, it's a reference to uh, the. It's a reference to the instruments that we use to create this music. Fundamentally, it's. Uh, I'm looking at one now. I'm looking at the Flying V, which is an elegant weapon. It's it's like a samurai sword. You know, it's oh my god. It's a it's a beautiful thing, but it's a brutal thing. You know. Uh, yeah. But it's it's also a reference to the lightsaber that Obi Wan Kenobi gives Luke Skywalker in the first movie. So that's that's where the name comes from. And it's also um, these things are like relics from the past, almost. You know, they they were they were kind of they came about in the fifties, and they're still with us today. And they're sort of references to almost the bygone era. A bit like me, really. A bit like a like a relic from a bygone age. Oh. <laughs> but. Uh, but that's what it was. I was going through an airport security line once and I had a guitar in a case and I put it on the on the conveyor belt. And as it went through the machine, the, the lady said to me, she said, what's in here? And I said, it's a guitar. And she said, what, a real one? I said, yeah. <laughs> like, and it, it kind of dawned on me that, you know, some people, they, we don't see these things a lot anymore. They're, you know, the yeah. way music is today, uh, the way it's produced, it's not like it used to be. So these things are kind of getting forgotten. Like, the lightsaber that Obi-Wan gives to look. So yeah. it was, uh, it's all kind of mixed up in all those references, but ultimately it's, it's the guitar and the, the music that we create with them. The, the riffs on this record are, you know, just staple of your style, very heavy, very melodic and, and just, I mean, you know, very tasteful. Uh, and I'm wondering like when, as you're putting this together, I mean, how do you decide, is there a part of you that says, well, this, feels more like something separate than priest or in this feels more like, you know, how did you kind of, was this a, a, a were these completely separate writing sessions, uh, you know, kind of on your own time or were these ideas that you thought, you thought fit your own thing and not priest or how did that work? That's a good question. I mean, I, I mean, I, I write the same way as I do with priest really. Um, but this, because it happened during the pandemic, I had the time to do it. We weren't touring with priest or anything like that. And also, the new Priest record wasn't recorded, but the demos were done. So we'd recorded demos and the songs were created. So I could draw a line underneath that. So anything I, I had that was new creatively, I could then give to the Elegant Weapons record. Um, whereas, you know, so it, it was an extension of the same DNA that I use with the Priest stuff. So, um, you know, if we were writing another Priest record at a the time, these riffs probably would have been to, given to that, you know. 
Um, but as I said, as I could draw a line underneath the Priest record creatively, the, the riffs went to this record instead, you know, so it's, it's coming from the same place. But it was also important to me that it sounded different than, than a Priest record. Otherwise, there'd be no no point, really. Yeah. Um, they've always given me the opportunity to write with them. Um, so I wanted it to kind of stand on its own two legs a little bit, have, a, have its own flavour. And I think it did that. So uh, that was just fortunate that it, it had a different flavour. Um, so, yeah, that's what I did, really. Um, and hopefully I'll be able to do, I've got some more riffs in the can for the next one, hopefully. Nice. Well, oh, I know you go back with uh, Rex from Pantera. Uh, how did Ronnie, how did Ronnie come on board on this whole thing? It's, it's very cool. Well, you know, I, I was talking to Damon Johnson from uh, Thin Lizzy and he's now in Lynda Skinner uh, after the passing of Gary Rossington. Um, I was talking to Damon. I needed a singer and I'm talking to Damon, you know, about who I could potentially approach to ask if they could join, you know. And he mentioned Richie Blackmore and Rainbow and Ronnie and stuff like that. And I was like, of course, yeah. Ronnie effing Romero is perfect, <laughs> you know, Amazing. because he's got he's got that classic thing, you know, which, which is the same as me, man. I'm, you know, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm not reinventing the wheel here. This is like. You know, what I mean, all the influences are, are there for everyone to hear. And Ronnie's got the same kind of voice. You know where he comes from, but he's a singer in 2023. And it's, it's kind of the yeah. same thing. So uh, he was perfect, really. I just had to call him and convince him uh, to sing in my band, you know. But he, yeah. he, he got it straight away. He knew exactly what I was trying to do. And because from the mindset of, you know, bands like Priest and Rainbow, um, the reality is they're not going to be around forever. So how can we take that DNA that we bring from those legacy bands and take it into the future, hopefully? So he got it straight away. Uh, there's a cool video on online of you uh, at the house of the, the Gibson Brands president, uh, you and Dave Mustaine kind of just going through this artillery <laughs> of guitar. It's so cool. And it got me wondering, like, I know you were working on a new, um, I think there was a new prototype, right, of a, of a flying V. And I'm wondering, is that some of the stuff you're using on this record as well? That's the only thing I used on this record. Yeah, oh, awesome. uh, I've been yeah. working on the prototype for a little while. We, we actually came up with the idea for it um, before the pandemic. And then obviously everything shut down. Yeah. And it was important <laughs> to me to, to use it live. You know, otherwise it's, it's, I don't want to put out something that I haven't used live. So it was an extension of uh, a guitar that I, I've been using with Priest for over 10 years. We did an Epiphone version of it. And now we wanted to do, you know, a full blown Gibson version of it with a few modifications um so i it was the only i had the prototype at the time uh it sounded good and i so i used it for everything um <laughs> i love it usually you know you try different things out and different effects and stuff but i went the other way on this i just used one guitar one amplifier and it seemed it seemed to do everything i needed to do it had a great character both the guitar and the amp and uh i stuck to that really well what you were saying there about, um, you know, kind of being an antique. Um, what, what's, your, what's, what's your feelings on the state of metal right now? I mean, there's a lot of bands, legacy bands like Priest, Metallica, Iron Maiden, Rainbow, Deep Purple. Uh, they're, you know, White Snake even is trying to get back out on the road that are still touring and, and get a lot of respect. And then there's a lot of younger bands like Overkill, stuff like that, that are, you know, they're hitting the top of the charts with their releases. Are you, are you kind of happy to see where metal, the state of metal at this point, where it is? I think you, you hit the nail on the head, really. You know, you've got 
bands that are touring like that, like behemoths of metal, like Maiden, Priest, Metallica, you know, they're still touring, putting out new music. Uh, as you said, Overkill, they've got a lot of attention for the new release. Um, even even bands like Extreme, you know, they've released a, yes. a few songs over the last few months. I mean, Nuno is still a god, and he's just made a massive statement that, like, shredding guitar is still on top of the world. We might not be in the top of the charts, but that doesn't matter. We're still a vital force to be, you know, reckoned with. And that's that's fantastic. You know, uh, music tastes come, you know, change and whatever. Uh, but metal has always been there. And I don't think it's I don't think it's been bigger. It doesn't have to be in the top of the charts for it to be as vital and as potent as it's been today. Uh, you know, I'm lucky that I'm a, I can release a record like this that sounds like this in 2023 when we released i think it was the firepower record i think it was number number five or number four yeah. on a billboard chart which is the highest yeah. <laughs> priest has ever been and yeah. it, i remember it was right up there with like country and the hip-hop and you know yeah. pop and there was metal right in the middle of it all and it was unmistakable um so i don't think i, I think it's it's never it's never been fashionable metal but um it's been more popular than it has now in terms of chart success but if you go to a Maiden show or an ACDC show, it's a sea of people. And I think it's, yeah. that's an indication of how strong metal is today. Um, speaking of Priest, got to ask you, like, you know, uh, what's kind of the status of the new Priest record? It sounds like you guys are raring to go on this one and maybe closing in a little bit. Yeah, we're, uh, we're I think we're almost finished. Andy Sneap uh, texted me a couple of days ago. I think we might be nearing the completion of the vocals. Uh, and I think that was the last thing we needed to do on it on the recording stage. So I think we might be, I don't want to speak too soon. I, I don't actually know, but I think, I think it's probably almost done tracking. Then we've got to, we've got, obviously we've got to mix it. Sure. Uh, we've got to master it. And then we've got to, you know, the record label, we've got to manufacture it. And I think, I think the vinyl's taking a little while these days to get yeah. actually manufactured. So I don't know how long that process is going to take, but as far as recording it, I think it's, uh, it's pretty near completion. Um, so yeah, I've said this before, but um, I was in Phoenix a few weeks ago with Rob and Andy Sneap recording some vocals, and it's sounding sounding great, man. It's just hearing hearing Rob on new priest tracks, you know, new journeys and new new kind of new tracks that we haven't heard before is just uh, is a thrill to be a part of for sure. Goosebumps, man. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's, hearing that legendary voice oh my on God. new songs is wicked. <laughs> Is it a themed album like Nostradamus or is it more like the old school bluesy priest, you know, how, how would you describe yeah, there's, it? There's no theme. There's no theme as such. Um, not like a, like, not like Nostradamus. No, it's just a, a collection of songs that fit uh, a collection. You know what I mean? Like it fits an album. They're all appropriate in, in the collection of the album. I think we've probably got too many. We, we want to maybe trim it back a bit we might have maybe i don't know how many we've got but we might we want to keep it around a certain number so you know so we've got a nice concise number and again that, that fit in that are appropriate as an album um but no concept as such um there's a few bluesy riffs in there there's there's some uh, there's there's a lot of swagger in uh, in some of these riffs like uh from killing machine there's a few progressive elements like you know the sinner and tyrant and um so you know, it's it's a very it's a diverse album, but um, I think the fans are going to dig it. Uh, hopefully, as much as we do. 
Does it feel like, I mean, taking a step back, you, you've been in Priest now for what, 12 years? I think this will be your third album with the band. Um, does it, is it still surreal for you? I mean, does it, you've been all over the world probably a thousand times over now, um, you know, since joining the band, I think in like 2011 or so. What, what does it feel like at the, you know, more than a decade in one of the greatest bands of all time, man? What does it feel like to you? Yeah, you're right. It's, it's, uh, it's funny, you know, because on one hand, it's very real, you know, you know, after 12 years on the, working on a third record, you become part of a machine that becomes part of your life. You know, it changed my life and you become part of it and it becomes like a dedication to making sure that everything you do is a thousand percent because of the fans that not only put me there for the last 10 minutes, but, you know, put the band there for 50 years. So it, you, it becomes very real in that sense. But in another sense, it, it feels like I've only been there 10 minutes, as I just said, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's weird. It's kind of, um, I haven't been there very long, but uh, but at the same time, you become embroiled in it very quickly. So, um, and, and, and hats off to them, really, and thanks to them for making me a part of it so quickly. It could have been totally different. It could have been like, oh, we're ready to go out on the road now. Are you ready? Uh, but it wasn't. They, they made me a part of it, and uh, I can only thank them for that, really. And speaking of, of priest and history, you know, last year, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, man, um, <laughs> we 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 were absolutely thrilled to see you and, and KK on stage together. It was just all smiles here at, at this house. I mean, do you ever see uh, a possibility of that ever happening again? You KK and Glenn, has there been any talk or is that just that ship sailed? I don't, I don't know, man. There's, there's been no talk. There's been no talk. I think if if there was gonna have been, it would have it would have happened then. You know what I mean? And I haven't heard anything. That's that's not my that's not yeah. my discussion to have, if you know what I mean. But uh, you know, if, if it was one night only, I mean, for me as, as a Priest fan, being part of Priest as a three pronged guitar attack, that was just like a kid in a candy store <laughs> moment. <you know? laughs> the first time I met Ken as well, so. Uh, yeah. It was great to to riff with him, to jam with him. It, the great thing as well, it was a TV show. Sometimes those things, you know, I've heard that they're not live, but everything we've done on TV has been live, um, and that was no exception. So it was loud, it was loud, it was live. It was great to to play with Ken and Glenn together, uh, and Les as well. Obviously, I've, I've played with Les yeah. before, but it was just great to be a part of that, uh, you know, three pronged guitar attack so you know if it happens again great if it doesn't then i'm happy to be a part of it Grow, growing up as a priest fan what was it like you know meeting ken i mean i know there was all the back stuff that was in you know it goes back and forth in the press but like what was that meeting like it seemed like you guys just got on very well you know very cordial and you know but what was it like for you as a fan growing up you know loving the band well i you know i grew up playing covers around england and london and stuff and priest was part of the menu you know, on the set list, you know, you had to play, you know, Breaking the Law and another thing coming. It was part of, you know, it's like you play in a bar band, you're selling beer. So you got to play music that sells beer. And that was part <laughs> of it, you know. Um, so I was intimately connected with the music, you know, in, in a sense. Um, so meeting him was great. You know, obviously, as you said, a, a lot of stuff had gone down with him and the band in the 10 years prior to that. But, you know, I kind of had to put it out. It, was, it wasn't my fight. It wasn't my thing. So I just had to uh you know just put that aside and just just be uh just try and be how i'd have been if that stuff hadn't have happened just you know he, he was he might have been 
uh, dealing with it as well. It was the first time he'd seen them in a long time. So I don't know what he was feeling. I don't know what the band were feeling about it. So I just had to kind of be accommodating and make it kind of easier for him if I could. Mm. Um, if he needed anything, I could help him out, you know, that sort of approach really. And it, it seemed to seem to work. We got on well, played well together and we looked great together with the two Vs oh up there. Was, oh, yeah. There were some good shots up there. Yeah, the two blinds oh. of the two views, man. Very cool. Yeah. That, was, that, was, that was so rock and roll, man. That was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, um, we, we talked to Mr. Coverdale about this last week. There have been a ton of, there's been a ton of stuff coming online in just the last week alone of AI being used to, to make songs uh, sounding just like Judas Priest, just like Iron Maiden, whatever. I, I know the Beatles, it's been done with the Beatles already, Oasis. Uh, a couple other bands and it sounds really good in some, in some ways and other ways you can tell it's pretty mm -hmm. fake. Do you, have, as, as an artist and a composer, somebody that works, you know, your fingers to the bone on stuff, how, how does it make you feel that there's this kind of technology right now coming out and it could change the whole world we're living in with music? It's a great question, you know, because I've been putting drums down on demo tracks for years and I'm not a drummer. Like, yeah. so I've been playing keyboard drums. You know what I mean? It, to me, it's almost the same thing. If, if I mean, I'm sure someone's going to have got an argument against that, but um, we've been creating stuff like, like drums, for example. I haven't put the time in to learn how to play paradiddles or, you know, tune a snare or mic a drum. I can just yeah. put on a program and play a snare that's, perfectly mic'd, perfectly tuned, sounds great, and play a kit and put that on a demo to express my idea of what I want. Now, is that the same as an AI program? I, it's probably different, but like, it might be just the, the, the way things are going, and we, it's up to us to figure out how to do things. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but... yeah. You know, I, I don't quite know. There's, there's, there, I think there's pros and cons with AI. Um, I think it's good to get your ideas out, like the drum program, for example. Um, but there's still got to be some sort of artistic merit to stuff. Or maybe there doesn't anymore. Maybe people don't care about that. I don't know. It's it's the time we live in. Um, but the, 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 the record, the artwork on the record, I, I put a lot of ideas together to send to the art artist that does our um artwork sure. uh, and he says we should use these and i said yeah but i've done them on an ai generator and then i fixed a few of them with photoshop so they were like a little bit different and he said it doesn't matter like they're, they're great and so point being it was just a representation of what was in my head to right. like the drums like the drum thing but it ended up being the artwork on the album so i don't know is that legitimate I don't know. Some people would say it's not. I didn't go through art school to learn how to do that. But, yeah, I, you know, there it is. I, I don't know. I don't really have. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but uh, <laughs> it's a difficult one with AI. I don't know if it's legit or not or where it's going to go. Um, I'll, I know I'll just con I'll produce music the way I know how um, yeah. until I can't do it anymore, I guess. Until we get overrun by yeah. the machines, I don't know. <laughs> sure, that sounds like a. I was gonna say it sounds like a concept for a metal album. Like you know, play it 
organically, you know, play the music organically about these machines taking over. I mean, the chat GPT thing is insane, you know, just experimenting with that. It's like, this is too spooky, you know. It's interesting. I've heard a lot about it. I've heard a lot about that, but I've been too scared to try it out. I don't (laughs) don't want to open Pandora's box, you know. I don't want to. But yeah, I've got artist friends of mine and they're figuring out ways of, there's certain things you can't do with AI art, you know, that they're trying to figure out ways of, doing things to get around that um is that is that the way it's like i don't know i don't know it's it's a it's a weird time um yeah so yeah who knows what the future holds with it yeah i mean it's going to be weird if if you know years from now when when people aren't around anymore and there's a priest song that comes out made by computers just basically generated off the previous sound that's mind-blowing to me. It's also yeah. very scary, I think. Yeah, it is. I mean, maybe it's the, um, you know, what the AI, from what I can gather, the AI puts stuff together from things that are out there already. Where, so mm-hmm. maybe it's more of the process. If, if us three are putting together a record, we need to share the process of it because the AI mm-hmm. can't, do, can't put the process together. It's the end result that it takes from. Right. So maybe it becomes more about, what we're doing and involving people on the process or the live the live aspect of it is is yeah. maybe something that ai can't do yet but yeah. uh maybe the <laughs> the live aspect of it becomes more valuable um so yeah who knows we've, we've got to see what happens i guess the other end of the spectrum is you know there's nothing like guys getting in a room playing together even if it's rehearsing because you know sometimes you got to send the tapes around you know because everyone lives in different places but like you know, when you're in that room and you're rehearsing and like, I, I've seen, is there a place where you guys rehearse? I feel like it's been in a couple of videos where you guys are all together. Um, is it in the No Surrender video? I'm not sure, but like, what's it like when you when you guys are together and you're rehearsing and you're, you're working the stuff out and it, nothing beats that live feeling, seeing the other guys, right? No, it doesn't. No, you're right. And especially, uh, you know, with song creation, when, uh, you know, even if you've got the song almost there, you know, if you've got a demo of a song, if you get together with each other and you play it together, uh, there's little things that jump out spontaneously, like, you know, Scott or, you know, Ian might do something just based on the energy of the room or based on the energy of each other playing that you might not have done if you're playing it to a demo, you know. So you, you it's that human interaction thing, like you're just saying. So Scott might do something different and then I'll respond to that and then Ian will respond to that. And all of a sudden you've got something that's 25%, uh, not better, better subjective, but you know what I mean? Uh, it's it's something that you wouldn't have done if you just put it down on a computer. That interaction makes something bigger and better and more interesting because of the, the human element attached to it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think Priest did write a song about AI. It was called The Sentinel. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, man, they've written so many songs like Electric Eye and stuff like that. Yeah, they, they, yeah. I'd love to pick Rob's stuff. brain about this. I really would. <laughs> oh my god, it'd be amazing. Now, yeah. um, uh, Rex and Ronnie have been, uh, you know, replaced with um, uh, Dave and Christopher from Uriah Heap and Accept, respectively. How how's that been working out? Are you guys? Uh, are you still working in the studio? Are you get just getting ready for the the tour well yeah um i think christopher's just been out with accept but uh, we were uh, everyone was out in in nashville a few weeks ago we were doing some rehearsing doing some videos nice. doing some stuff like that we actually um 
were working together in the studio, putting the drums down for the next record. And it's that human element. It, me, Christopher and Davey were in, we recorded the drums, but we recorded it together just in mm -hmm. case we got anything spontaneous, you know. Um, so it worked out well, really. I mean, Christopher was intimately connected with the record. I, I asked Christopher to um, record the early stages of this record because Scott wasn't available. Um, so Scott was doing something else. So I, I wanted to kickstart the process. So I got Christopher over to record the drums and we got Scott over later on to re-record the drums. So mm. Christopher knew the stuff, he knew, he knew he knew the band and stuff. So he was a no-brainer to get in on drums. Uh, Davey mm. I've known for over 20 years. We, we played in the cover band together that I was talking about earlier. Um, mm. And so yeah, we're, th those two together with Ronnie, we're, we're all mates for years. Um, and you know, I'm just blessed to have great musicians, both on the record and moving forward on the live circuit. So yeah, I'm just yeah. incredibly grateful to everyone for getting involved. Doing all this in uh, Nashville, I mean, you know, we always think of Nashville country music, it's music city, but you know, so many rockers, I mean, you, you, I think moved there, uh, Dave Mustaine moved there, Neil Sean of Journey. I mean, what's the, what's it like to have this, and of course, Gibson's based there, that, you know, um, mm. I had to tour the facility once when I went to a conference there, it's the greatest thing ever. Um, yeah. What, it, how do you, uh, what do you make of, of Nashville being this great sort of metal mecca almost now, you know, uh, for music in general, but for rock and roll, what's what's it like? Is it more collaboration? Is it easier to see each other and jam, that kind of thing? Definitely. Yeah, you're right. Um, we came here um, about four years ago and I didn't know that there were so many rock and metal musicians here. Uh, as you said, we thought it was like a country country town, and it still is. Uh, but there's definitely we were out uh, in Broadway last weekend, uh, down, downtown Nashville, uh, and there, there's more. There's like ACDC being played, and like more more rock, Bon Jovi and stuff like that. You know, so it's great yeah. fun. So there's definitely. Uh, I think the more rockers move here, the more rock there becomes, and then more rockers move here, and then more rock. You know, it's just one of those uh, cycles, really. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of music. There's a lot of um, musical minds, creative minds. Uh, it's a good place to be. Obviously, as you said, with Gibson as well, for me, they're family to me and they're just down the street. Um, so it's a good place to be if you're a musician and, and want to play. There's, there's always people around to jam with and put a band together with and get up and do a few songs with. So it's, uh, it's a great creative place to be. Yeah! yeah.